0: is going on Jets Nation. It is Richie and Jack back live on the Jets Media Podcast. We have a special guest joining us today, which we are really excited to have him back on the show. Jack, you ready to have Mr. Bilal Powell back or what?
1: Very excited, man. Our friend Bilal Powell, great man, great Jet. Uh, Always exciting to get to hear his thoughts about the current state of the team. And uh, we're going to get into it, man. We're going to chop it up with the great Bilal Powell, baby. The
0: great Bilal Powell. Let's bring him in. Bilal, welcome back to the Jess Media Podcast, bro. How you doing?
2: What's going on, fellas? What's going on?
1: Loving yep. life, man. Living life. Happy to be here talking with you, Bilal. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us, baby. Let's go.
2: Yeah. Hey, appreciate you having us back, having me back, man.
0: Yeah, man. It was great to be on your podcast a few weeks back. If you guys are not aware, Bilal has his own podcast, In Flight Snack. Check it out down below in the description, guys. Go check out Bilal. It's really cool to hear from a former Jets perspective of everything to do with these New York Jets, and we're excited to have Bilal here on the Jets Media Podcast. So, guys, hit that thumbs-up button right now on your way in, and let me know in the chat if you have any questions for Bilal because he is here, and this is your time to ask him some questions. So, Bilal, let's get straight into it, man. Last week the Jets lost 30 to nothing in embarrassing fashion. And the Jets are officially eliminated from the playoffs. And there's three games left of the season. So my first question to you, Bilal is from a player's perspective, what is there to play for when you're literally mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and you still have three games left on the, on the slate for the rest of the season. So from a player's perspective, what's the mindset heading into this week? If you're on the Jets it's just an interview
2: right now you're interviewing uh possibly for the new next uh head coach general manager uh <laughs> you know possibly being released from the team to you know be on our next team for the for another year you know film is is, is shared throughout the league so it's just a time for you to interview this is almost like a preseason right now it, it, it doesn't count but it does count and, and you're just interviewing uh you've been evaluated right now uh obviously if they want to keep you around How's your attitude around the building? Is he still a guy that's locked in, down to the end? Uh, has he checked out? Uh, you know, a lot of things go into those factors. Uh, obviously, practices are cut short. You know, obviously, they're trying to get guys out healthy. They're already thinking about the draft boards and free agency. They're doing all these different things. And, and the hardest thing you can do right now, especially being in that northeast, man, is is, is play through this cold weather. So you got to go practice in the cold weather. knowing you're not you're fighting for nothing right now uh, except for like job security and possibly your future
1: yeah man that's uh that's interesting i love hearing that perspective from a former player and i have a i have another question kind of veering off of that um because i assume that as well now when it comes to this regime who you know head coach general manager offensive coordinator i got no problems with the defensive coordinator obviously um, but when it comes to the head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator coming back next year, um, pretty much guaranteed they're all coming back next year because of Aaron Rodgers. Um, does that, does that, you know, cause you played for Rex Ryan, you played for Todd Bowles and you played for Adam Gase, three very different coaches. Rex Ryan obviously had the most success. Todd Bowles somewhere in the middle. And then Adam Gase was Adam Gase. So I'm wondering If, you know, what is it like when there's turmoil in the building? There's questions around people's jobs. Or in this case, it's kind of unique because if you ask me as a fan, I think Salah, Douglas and Hackett deserve to go, but they're not gonna. So so how does that affect a locker room? You know, certain people, guys in the highest up positions are really kind of failing at their job. All of our eggs are in the basket of this one 40 year old player. If you were on this Jets team right now, where, where would your head be with all this?
2: Honestly, it, just from my perspective, it'll be the turnaround for next year. You know, you look around, you you, you kind of figure out uh, who has the guaranteed money in the locker room. Who who you you probably assuming who's going to be gone, who wants to go from some of the conversations going on in the locker room. And you have to ask yourself, what's the best best thing for me? You know, the the, the mindset changes as, as you get older if you want to win. And, and you find yourself not winning over the past few years in that organization, is it time for you to move on to the next team? Or if you're a young guy, you're just fighting for, you know, security, job security uh, for the rest, you know, something that could change the rest of your career here, because now this is a time that these young guys are going to come in and get their reps. You're going to start see a lot of young guys get their reps and their opportunity uh, to interview for possibly, like I said, man, who, who knows? The new head coach. Uh, who, who know the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, because you just never know in his in this league. It's just so much turnaround. But, man, honestly, for me, just as a player, been in this position a few times in my career, I should say, uh, I you just have to focus for yourself at this time. You know, wh- what can I do for myself right now uh, to stay around? You you always want to stay in one organization because the grass isn't always green on the other side. So that, that was my perspective uh, as a player. Uh, throughout, you know, my entire career.
0: And Bilal, unfortunately for the Jets fan base sake of things, we've been in this situation way more often than we would like to be in December where we're eliminated and now... Some fans rather lose for a better draft pick. Some fans like, no, we want to win because we want to develop a winning culture. We want to have some type of momentum heading into next season. And this game coming up against the Commanders is interesting because if they lose, the Jets could have anywhere close to a fourth overall pick in the first round. If they win, they can have around 10, 11, 12. So I'm always, and I'm someone that always defends the case of these players don't go out there. To lose and fans are like oh why are they winning why are they winning and i'm like they're professionals they get paid to go out there and play football and they get play- they get paid to win so from a player's perspective when you're in a and this is kind of just a follow-up to my first question when it comes to the whole tanking topic like it's a it's a topic that i've been debating with my channel Every single year, and I'm sick of it because I want to be talking about playoffs below. I want to be talking about the draft, okay, just to be honest with you. But when it comes from a player's perspective and the whole tanking notion, is there ever in your experience with the Jets where you're like, all right, guys, there's not really enough to play for. Maybe we should lose on purpose because I find that really hard to believe.
2: This is is definitely, uh, you know, I've never had a coach or anyone else say, hey, let's tank the rest of this so that we can get the the, the number one pick. That's that's by far. That's false information. That's that's false. Uh, But what I would say is you'll start to see the game plan kind of dumbed down to very simple. Like I said, practice is cut very short. Uh, The game plan is very simple. They're just trying to now just get guys through a healthy season. They're just trying to get guys through a healthy season. But as far as tanking, going out there and trying to throw interceptions or throw a football game, that's that's. That's insulting to, to us as players, because mm-hmm. our our nature is to compete. As professionals, we go in and we compete. Not only at you know during the game, but we compete at practice. I don't think people have been to a practice before. NFL practice is very competitive, and and jobs are on the line. Every rep is evaluated. The guys are jotting down repetitions. So you know for for you know the the whole thing about tanking. Is, is from my experience, I can't talk about other organizations or anything like that. From my experience, it was all about still going to win. And if you had a good coach, if you had a, a good uh, deep, uh, special teams coordinator like Brent Boyer, he'll tell you, hey, guys, don't let this season dictate your job security for next year. You still have to go out and play football. Mm. You cannot go out there and put some trash on film. You still have to go and fight. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's by far false information for me uh teams want to win
0: love that and to quote herm edwards you play to win the game yeah and that's what i always keep telling my my followers i keep bringing up the tank question richie but if we lose the fourth overall pick i'm someone that's like i as a fan below i have no impact on what happens on the field and i can never in my life watch the new york jets and root for them to lose. It's just not in my blood. Even that year where we were trying to tank for Trevor and get the first overall pick for Trevor Lawrence, I couldn't do it. I wasn't watching the game. I'm like, whatever happens, happens. And from a fan's lens, at least in my eyes, I can never watch and be like, go other team. You know, it's just not in my blood. So I love to hear that because it kind of just proves my point more that these players play to win, and they are never going to go out there on purpose to lose, and they're playing for their jobs, and they're playing for their future. Now, Bilal, just another thing about this season, like. Unfortunately for us as a fan base, we're kind of transitioned into the off-season mode when there's still three games left to be played, which is the saddest part about this. And the biggest thing that, like, Jack has been saying and a lot of other Jets fans is we're really trying not to allow ourselves to get overly excited this off-season because we went through an offseason last year of the hype at the maximum volume, expectations through the roof, Super Bowl aspirations for all of our dreams and hopes to be ripped from our hearts in four snaps. So what would you say to Jets fans heading into this offseason in terms of trying to give us some reasonable optimism that this thing can actually work out next year with the healthy Aaron Rodgers? You know, I think
2: I think for the New York Jets organization, um, I think that target should be the free agency. I think they got They have to go target a good – they have to have a great offseason. They have to – you know, I, I'm old school, man, where, you know, I had a team for the veterans. I wasn't trying to go out and get the best rookies. You know, sometimes you you, you think too far ahead and that sometimes bites you. You know what I mean? So I, I think you need to fill this team with some guys that have been uh, familiar with each other. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I like the fact that Devontae Adams was in discussion. Uh, a bit in the offseason. But why not go and land him? Get get Garrett Wilson some help on the opposite side. Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, you just have to you just have to evaluate yourself, man. Uh, from a team's standpoint, where you stand, where you sit. Uh, I would like to target the the free agency before I start thinking about the draft, and that's yeah. just for me. You know, I I don't think there's a lot of guys in college football that can come help you win. Uh, you know, I, I think you you need to get a, a very seasoned veteran and then you go out and find your young guy that can get molded by this guy.
0: Mm, I love that because, uh, unfortunately for the Jets, again, from the fan base perspective, and I'd like to fill you in on how we really maneuver this as a fan base. The offseason is the most exciting time as a Jets fan. And blah, I'm sick of that number one, because I want to be excited during the season and be rooting for games and not be hyping up the draft and hyping up free agency. And we heard from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show this past week. And he said that he believes in Joe Douglas. He believes in Robert Sala. He believes in Nathaniel Hackett and he used the word they need to reload on offense, right there. The rebuild is behind them. In my opinion, I think there's a lot of talent on this team. You know, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall are the two stars on offense and they need to build around them. The defense I feel like it's just so good at this point where they barely even need to make any more additions over there because of the continuity. So when it comes to the offense, you mentioned Devontae Adams. Is there anybody out there that you feel like would take this Jets team over the top? You saw this offensive line is a big, big issue with this team. So if you're the Jets front office, what per, uh, specific players or which specific uh, specific positions are you really focusing on this offseason to fix that offense? Uh,
2: honestly, uh, my biggest thing would, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers with our offensive line. Mm. This game is one up front on, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I think it's – you could you could argue the fact that we have probably one of the best defensive lines in the game. So now the target should be the offensive line. That was the biggest – that was the biggest, uh, that was the biggest uh, uh, downfall for the New York Jets this year. And, you know, I think outside of being, you know, unhealthy, just those guys being consistent. I think you go and target, get you some good offensive linemen. And like I said, maybe you add one more piece on the other side of Garrett Wilson. That way he's not being double teamed. That way, you know, you can use him now as a deep threat because you have a guy who can run routes underneath, uh, a veteran who understands the route tree, and then you can stretch the field with explosive Garrett Wilson and still Mm -hmm. have your running back, get you know, uh, Brees Hall in the backfield. I think you go out and find another running back for Brees, and uh, I think that will be your pieces right there.
0: Now, from a running back lens, Bilal, this running game was so bad this year, and I love Brees Hall. Brees Hall is one of my favorite players in the team, and he excels in the receiving game, and I think the reason for that is because they actually allow Brees Hall to get the ball in space in the receiving game, but when he gets the ball in the run game, there's nowhere to go. Like, where do, Where does the blame go for the lack of running game for the New York Jets offense throughout the entire season? Is it more up front? Is it offensive line? Is it personnel in terms of the running game? Is it scheme? Is it the offensive line coaching? Like, where is the issues with the running game? Because I'm really having a hard time to point the blame at Brees Hall while, when I watch you all 22.
2: I think, with the, I think what really hurt the, the New York Jets this year was just not having a healthy O-line and you're moving pieces around, you have guys playing in positions that are not usually playing, uh, that, that, that takes toll on, on players. And, you, you know, you're getting new and un, unfamiliar faces getting together. There, there's no chemistry within the O-line. You're getting guys who are coming in off the street uh, not knowing the full run scheme. So you have to dumb down your scheme. Not uh, The lack of communication is the key uh, up front is communication. And And when you don't put guys in the right position, then it looks like chaos. And to me, when you looked at that running game, it looked like total chaos. It looked like guys did not know where they were going in the blocking scheme. And I, I believe that Brees Hall was one of the running backs in the league that was getting, getting hit in the backfield. Yeah. He was getting hit in the backfield. And we all know if you can get a guy like Brees Hall even through the line of scrimmage, he could be explosive. But when, you, when you're when talking about handing the ball off and guys are in your face, That makes it hard for you as a running back. There's nothing you can do but take care of the ball and manage the run.
0: And that's the frustrating part, man. I watched Brees get a handoff, and there's three defenders in his face behind the line of scrimmage, and this guy can't run the ball. And he had one good game this season in terms of running the game, uh, running the ball, which I think was against Denver when he had like 170-plus yards and that breakaway touchdown run. And since then, this offensive line just gets no push up front, and there's no holes. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the scheme and just the offensive line personnel. And, of course, the injuries don't have you know anything positive to do because of the continuity element was not there for this offensive line. Now, I do want to ask you about this coaching staff, and we kind of already talked about it at the top, but, like, is there anything from Sala and maybe Hackett in particular that gives you confidence that they are the right people for the job? Because it feels like Jets fans are growing tired of them, and they, some of them, I don't want to speak for every single Jets fan, believe that they would prefer to fire them because Jets fans, they're impatient We are reactionary. We see something that's not working. We want to absolutely take him out and fire this guy, fire this guy. But we also have never seen this coaching staff with the vision that was supposed to be with Aaron Rodgers. So do you think that Salah deserves and Douglas deserves another offseason, another season to get an opportunity with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback? Or do you think that it will be better for them to clean house and start all over again, like some fans are saying?
2: Uh, I think I think if you clean house and start over, you're gonna be right right back to to square one. Um, you know, you, you give you give you give Robert Sala and Rogers with that defense. I think it changes the game, uh, and we all know that this this season will be hit be in a different direction. We'll be talking about a different topic had Aaron Rodgers played this entire season. Uh, but I did see, and I would bring this to everyone's attention that. You know I did see a lot of uh, a lack lack of discipline mm. with that team throughout the entire season, and, and some of that sometimes comes from being a player's coach. Sometimes uh, being a player's coach, and then you kind of saw as as just the 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 things started crumbling down. Uh, it almost felt like Robert was losing the team. Mm-hmm. You know, guys were starting to you know snap on the sidelines, and you know start to tweet out things, and even in his interviews, he was kind of you know, almost like I don't care attitude. So there was a lot of undisciplined things that I've seen uh, that you can't have as a coach. Uh, You have to fight down to the very end and your players have to fight for you. You have to fight for your players down to the very end. And, you know, I kind of saw a lack of that uh, throughout this process.
0: Yeah, me too. And that was my biggest issue with Salah was the undisciplined stuff. I mean, you talk about that Raiders game, for example, that's a win without those penalties. I went all the way to Vegas, Bilal. I went all the way to Vegas to watch that game, man. I mean, I'm sitting there at the end when Garrett Wilson dropped that. Well, I wouldn't say dropped it. Conklin kind of knocked the ball out for the Hail Mary. And at that moment, I'm like, yeah, this season is just crumbling before our eyes. And it's so frustrating that last year, the Jets lose six in a row to finish off the season. Right. The Jets were seven or four last year with Salah. We were on cloud nine. We're like, oh, my God, this is the year we're making the playoffs. We lose six in a row this year after the bye. We lo- we're losers of six of the last seven games. So, of course, Jets fans are going to have to point the fingers at someone. And it is going to be Robert Sala. And like my last question to you about Robert Sala is like he's the head coach of the football team. But it's so hard to not give him at least some credit for the job that he's done on defense because the defense is so good. The coaching staff he assembled is fantastic. Everyone that they draft, everyone they bring in free agency, everybody that they trade for on that side of the ball seems to be excelling at their opportunities. And Joe Douglas is the one bringing in those pieces. But the players that Joe Douglas brings in on the other side of the ball just isn't working out. Now is that a coaching thing that because the defensive coordinators or the defensive coaching staff just knows what they're doing a little bit more? They have more continuity. They're in year three of the system, and Hackett's in year number one. Like, what is the issue with the idea that the Jets defense, for whatever reason, even in franchise history, like even with you in my life as a Jets fan, the defense just is always good, and the offense always seems to be the thing that's holding this Jets team back. So, what do you have to say about that? I
2: think. I think. You look at the the, the history of the, the the head coaches; they've been defensive minded coaches.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, and 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 when you're a defensive minded coach, you have to have you have to have an offensive coordinator who is second hand and none a, a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 have to be engaged on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think when you look at how they built this team, like I, I believe they put all their eggs in one basket with Aaron Rodgers. And and when I say that, I mean you know signing the. Uh, uh, Lazar Allen and and uh, Randall Cobb and bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, like those were all. You can't tell me that those weren't all Aaron Rodgers. Everything was based on Aaron Rodgers. And you know, at, at what point do you have to, you know, take responsibility as a head coach when you see the offense not going? When you when you when your defense is playing the way they've been playing, you're talking about a Super Bowl caliber defense, a Super Bowl caliber defense. And if you're in the middle of the pack on offense, I think you're looking at a different record for the New York Jets. At what point do you have to relieve your offensive coordinator of his duties? Mm -hmm. And He still gets paid. I understand that the offense was based around Aaron Rodgers, but at what point do you hold your offensive coordinator accountable and say, hey, we need to get something going on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you know, the games that we were close with, we were winning the turnover margin. And if we didn't give you guys the football, we were not winning any close games, so you know there there's there has to be accountability uh, as a head coach, and you know there's 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 duties you have to take on as a head coach. So you know I, I hate to see a season like this go to waste for the second consecutive season having the top defense, uh, the way those guys played, uh, all the way down to you know just not seeing the offense get going. I'm I'm sure it was frustrating as a player.
0: Yeah, and that's the biggest frustration is that it's hard for us fans to celebrate and appreciate the defense because it's more sad than being happy that they're good because they're being wasted. It's like the the talent is just off the charts and the things that they're doing, it's a Super Bowl defense and I want to praise them, which I will in the offseason, but like right now it's like, It's so sad that we are wasting the talents of this defense right now. But at the end of the day, they're all going to be back next year. The only player on defense that potentially is going to walk is Bryce Huff, which I hope he doesn't walk. I hope the Jets take care of him and extend him because that guy is having a career year, and he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. But Bilal, I just want to say, man, thank you so much for joining. Jack had something come up, so he had to just uh, get out of here. But I'm glad that he was here at the beginning of the show to give you that great question. And guys, if you're not aware, Bilal Powell, Please go check out his podcast, In Flight Snack. It's down below in the description. Bilal has been doing a great job over there. Bilal, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the Jets Media Podcast. And the last question I have for you, these last three games of the season, give us just something for us fans to hold on to because, like, it's Christmas Eve on Sunday, and we're about to watch Trevor Simeon as our quarterback go up against the Washington Commanders. Like, what is there to look forward to from a fan's lens in these last three games, if there is any?
2: Uh, honestly, I think I think with with these three remaining games, I think you'll see the defense fight, you'll see the special teams fight, and hopefully the offense can, can finally put something together. I, I think they just need to keep the game plan simple for Trevor so he can go out and just make easy reads, get the ball out of his hands, and, and eventually get that run game going, man. I would love to see Brees Hall get in the end zone a couple times. I would love to see Gary Wilson get in the, in the end zone a couple times for these remaining games because those
0: guys deserve it. Absolutely. That's what I want. I want to see the young studs, maybe Sauce getting an interception. I just want the young players that Jets fans love to just show us some momentum heading into next season to give us some type of optimism because Jets fans, we need it. Well, Bilal, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning. Hope you have happy holidays and all those things. Guys, don't forget to check out Bilal's podcast down below in the description. And we are out of here. Thank you all for tuning in to the Jets Media Podcast. And we'll catch you guys on Christmas Eve when we host the Washington Commanders. Peace out, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.